We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode 52 of the pod for myself, Joe Musso, joined now by Matt Rooney. As always, Matt, we got some good topics to talk about today, a little bit on the towing the pop culture line, a little bit playoffs, um, plenty to get to today. Matt, how are we doing? You know, I... I'm in a good mood today, Joe. It's 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 kind of nice. We kind of went through the the doldrums of winter there with not much to talk about, where we kind of had to spend a bunch of time trying to generate some content to talk about. Uh-huh. Now it's kind of nice to have some things uh, just kind of built in, ready for us to talk about without really needing to uh, do too much work. You know how I don't like to do work, so mm-hmm. it's, it's nice That's... when these topics kind of present themselves. We're very anti-work here, um, and you might have to you might have to carry us today, bud, because uh, no one told me that Sacramento was literally the worst place in the United States for pollen and for allergies. So I'm currently puffy-eyed and stuffed-nosed, but I trudge on. I play yep. through for the Moose and Runes listeners. I was going to say I'm playing a little bit off today too. I was talking to you before the uh, before the pod started here, and, and we're in the process of moving out. Mm-hmm, um, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of the my, my usual podcasting station is, is at the, the the dining room, whatever kitchen table you want to call it. But the chairs have been moved out because the, uh, uh, stuff have been moved out. So there's no chairs. The stools are a little go. bit too tall, so I can't yeah. really sit because my legs are kind of hitting. So now I'm I'm, I'm yeah. sitting leaning so, forward on a couch. I'm going to have an uh, my back's not going to be happy with me after this one. So, so the Moose and Runes podcast playing from behind today, but uh, but we like it. We got them right where we want them exactly. All right, Matt. We well, do let's our jump best right work in. under pressure. That's right. That's right. Let's jump right into it, Matt. Uh, anytime we could talk football uh, this time of year, it's good stuff. The Bears reporting for voluntary workouts this afternoon. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, that is when they were reporting on the 17th. Uh, some headlines, some some interesting topics surrounding the Bears right now. Uh, none bigger than uh, Cam Meredith's offer sheet not being picked up by the Bears. It was a lot of money, I believe $10 million over the two years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Saints put out that offer sheet for him as an unrestricted free agent. Pardon me, as a restricted free agent. Um, and the Bears uh, – so, chose not to to meet the offer sheet and while the wide receiver picture was just starting to come into focus for the bears i think this is a the right decision i think that they made the right decision here because that's a lot of money a lot of cap space uh, i forget what the hit exactly was but for a guy who is also going to be coming off of a knee injury it was just a lot of money and, and i i kind of stand pat behind the bears and the decision they made there yeah, you know, I, I don't think I'd have faulted them either way with the one they decided because while you said it was the two-year deal for ten, I think it was only one guarantee, one year guaranteed. So cap space this year probably ain't gonna be much of a thing. But mm-hmm. if they didn't Down want, the if they didn't want to, if they had a price set on that knee basically and said, you know, we're healthy up to this amount for the healthy, you know, the health of that knee, uh, and they. New Orleans wanted to overpay for him. That's fine. Uh, I, I like Cam Meredith. He had a really, really nice year here when he was legitimately the only weapon to throw to. Uh, he, he's coming off an ACL, like he said. That if you bring him back, that's you know, arguably your top two receivers coming off ACL surgery, which is a risky, uh, risky yeah. way to go. And you've added some depth at the position. Benny Fowler is not the guy they just picked up. I think yesterday they made it official. He, he's not great, but he had around 400 yards receiving last year, 30 receptions. I think he might be a guy who, who fits more of what Matt Nagy wants to do on offense. And yeah, I think, but we're I starting to looking- say that we're starting to say that about a lot of guys, like guys who maybe haven't had the production in the past, who who fit Matt Nagy's. Uh, offensive scheme and that's not an excuse we could use for guys because one we haven't seen this offensive scheme yet and yes it's going to be quicker it's going to be faster it's going to be west coast it's going to be shorter passes and that is the type of i guess the type of offense that um, benny fowler would flourish in but you are only talking about like you said 29 receptions 350 yards and three touchdowns you were hoping for more production than that out of Cam Meredith, so I don't think this is filling. I don't think this is filling the slot by any means. I still I totally think the, agree with you. I still that's think not, the wide receiver position needs to be tended to either 
throughout the offseason in a trade free agency or the draft. Oh, I 100% agree. And I, I didn't mean to say like that was their move to replace okay. Cam Merritt. Okay. That was more of them just adding a little bit more depth to that mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised now to see them bring a guy like Dontrell Lindman back as well. Um, I think he had a, a really nice year, seemed to have some chemistry with Mitch. And while that might not be another uh, you know replacement for Cam Merritt, if, if you spread you know the, the money you were going to give Cam across two people in Inman and Fowler, I think that gives you a few more options, a little bit more speed, a little bit more health. And then I also think you're going to see them with that second round pick. It's, it's not going to be a first round pick unless they trade back mm-hmm. because as much as I, I like Calvin Ridley and what he did in college, he's not the number eight pick in the draft. So unless they trade out, I don't think that's a possibility. But I think you could see them go after a guy like Christian Kirk who, who does have maybe not the – he's not the – sure lock but he does have superstar capabilities and superstar potential if everything goes his way and i think that's that's the direction i would love to see them go in the second round if he's where there uh, at eight eighth in the second round whenever they are where are they projecting equinemius to go equinemius st brown he, he has been shooting up draft boards and yeah. uh, we, we have a guest we're hoping to try and get next week who might be able to clarify but i i know he was originally project like a fourth or fifth round pick now in some mocks i've seen him going as early as you know late second mm-hmm. uh, so, so that might be a target for the bears there uh, and that's a I, field stretcher i see i saw a lot of if you're comparing the college game i saw mm-hmm. a lot of will fuller in equity st brown they were obviously running that offense mm-hmm. and he kind of he slid into that i, I want to say he was playing the x out there kind of solo just beating guys one-on-one on the back side and We've seen how that's translated in the league for Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, will that will that be the same story with Equinemius? Obviously, only time time will tell. But that's that's a deep threat. That's a dangerous guy down the field. And anytime you have that, that makes that makes everything easier on your quarterback. Safeties can't play downhill as much. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. I, I like him what like he did in college. I kind of thought the third, fourth round projection projection from what we saw in college. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you and I being Notre Dame fans saw him a bunch. I thought that projection was a little bit more accurate. Um, I'm always a little bit wary of the guys who tend to shoot up draft boards. Uh, yeah, you know when the, when hype, the time, you know the, the hype. I believe Booby Miles once said, "Hype ain't real, Matt. Hype ain't real." Way to quote a movie from my Mount Rushmore of sports movies, Joe. <laughs> we bring that back. We brought that back. From, if, you, uh, if you didn't hear that one, episode fifty-one, great mailbag question. <laughs> Go check it out. Uh, but no, I'm with you. It, it, it's. Not to say that those guys never work out because they're definitely examples of guys that do, but the guys who you know are projected to go in the fifth round, fourth round, after they're done playing football, and then when they stop playing football and just start working out, start shooting up, that that always is – it's not a red flag, but it's something I've, I've noticed. I, I, I have noted uh, yeah. for me. That, that I, I believe we, concerns me. I believe we talked uh, about, um, about it on the pod here. The St. Browns, or whatever the last name is, I don't know. The Browns, um, uh, they're they're like a they're a very um, ball family situation, except less like flashy. The dad is breeding the kids, and the mom is breeding them mentally. Like studies always came first, but she taught the kids in German and French, so he speaks three languages. Smart, like he's a very very sharp kid. Um, he breathes football. He's whatever he's focused on. It is a study. So I think that uh, people are people are growing more attracted to the individual as well as uh, you know what he can do on field. No, I, I I would totally agree. That probably has to do something with it too because he's talking to a lot more people, not probably doing a lot more yeah. interviews with scouts in German. He's doing just fully German, <laughs> fully German interviews. Uh, but but to to not get too far off topic here with the Bears wide receiver situation. Obviously, the big name that is out there and everyone immediately, when you see the Cowboys release Des Bryant, you, at least for me, I want the Bears to be in the conversation. Yes, Des wants his revenge tour. He wants to go to New York. He wants to be in the division. He wants to prove to Dallas that they made a mistake. But if that falls through and New York cannot make it happen, and we've seen that New York is a bit of a circus right now in, in the Giants organization – I think the Bears need to be waiting in the wings, trying to scoop him up, make something happen for a one, two-year deal. That, and I know he's not going to want a one-year deal, but if you, can go, if you can go two-year deal, maybe even two-year deal with a third-year player option or a, a, a two-year deal with that second year being a player option, incentivize it to Dez, do whatever you need to do. I think that that takes you from a, 
uh, we're building an offense, we're moving in the right direction to we want to win the NFC North. That puts you in that conversation. And yes, Des Bryant isn't Des Bryant of 2013 or 2014 or even 2015. He's he's Des Bryant 2018 is what you're going to get. And Des Bryant 2017 maybe wasn't a top 10 wide receiver in the league, but he's still Des Bryant. He's still going to go out there and he's still going to command, again, command attention from secondaries. No, I, I, I am with you in a lot of the – I know uh, right when that um – that release, release happened. I think he came out and said right away pretty much he wants to play the Cowboys twice next year and all that. And I'm, I'm not we'll, sure at, at the time. We'll I play him in the they, playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I do think he makes sense for the Bears to you know, give a phone call to and kind of poke around and, and see what the deal is. But it, it like you said, it, it's got to be the right deal. If Dez is looking for a four or five. Yeah, you can't overreach. Team, no, you can't no, overreach. No, thank you. But they, the Bears have, you know. And, he'll get four or five. If he wants four or five, he'll get four or five from a team that's – not moving in the right direction from, from Cleveland. Cleveland. Well, Cleveland, I know uh, okay, moving Cleveland in the right type. direction Sorry. category, but uh, a team who's just going to make a rash decision, uh, a team that is is nowhere near a rebuild, who just needs a piece. There are teams that would be able to do that, but I don't see New York or Chicago being a team no, that I, that is in a position to do that. Totally with you, and I think both teams would have their reasons to go after. But yeah, if the Bears, I mean, a two year deal makes sense simply because. Yeah, like you said, he's not, he's not Dez of 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Even. He, I also don't think he's Dez of 2017 either. And if you get yeah. a hungry guy who's motivated, who wants to prove something, I, don't, I, I know he's had his issues in the locker room and stuff like that, but it's funny how motivation can change a person. Um, mm-hmm. You get him in the right situation, you get him in the right locker room, hopefully the Bears locker room would be that. But it also, I mean, it helps out Allen Robinson. It helps out Taylor Gabriel. It helps out whatever receiver you end up with. It helps out Mitch Trubisky. It helps out Mitch Trubisky as well. It, it takes attention away from everybody, but it gives Mitch another weapon and, and say what you want about how great of a teammate Dez is. I don't think Dak Prescott has really had much bad to say about him. And yeah. it, it, it gives no, Mitch Trubisky. No, he came out and said how much he's been a brother to him on and off the field, how much he's taught him, how much he's meant to him. And I well, think with go. a guy like Dez Bryant, all you got to do is get in Dez's ear and say, hey, Dez, right now you're in that uh, you're in that Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson air where it could go either ways. Either way, why don't you have four more good years and make yourself a Hall of Famer? You know, yeah. why don't you why don't you join a team that's moving in the right direction? Maybe in the next four or five years, we go get you a ring, and, and we we solidify this Hall of Fame thing. Whether I, that be with the Giants, well, the Bears, or someone else. The pitch too is like, hey, here's a two year deal. When this is up, you'll be 31 years old. By no means is that the end of the line for a wide receiver. Go get yourself. We just want to see what contract. you can do. Yeah, yeah. go get yourself another. If you if you go out and show out these next two years and you have big years playing alongside Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky, someone's going to pay you a bunch of money. Maybe it's going to be us. Maybe it's not, but you'll get a three year deal. That's going to pay you 10 per from somebody. Do you want that next big contract? Or you just want to bounce around, you know, one year deals the rest of your career. Uh, yeah. I think he has that chance. And, and if, if it's here, I, I can't say I, 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 if he's here, I would like that move. If he's not, and Ryan Pace decides, you know, the price wasn't right. or the, the fit wasn't right. I'm also not one to yeah. blame him. Cause I've been, saying from day one here let's just see the plan out but we'll see what happens it's, it's definitely worth the phone call though i think we both agree there so now that we've talked ourselves into des bryant being a chicago bear he looks um, good alongside talk- alan robinson <laughs> let's uh let's talk ourselves into some bears draft here before we move on matt and it always seems like every single year you never know what the bears are going to do and i think that's been the case over the last man decade because the bears have been less than competitive because yeah. they haven't been in a position where you're one piece away, as we said, but there are so many different holes that you need to fill and those holes are getting filled slowly, but surely, but there are still a lot of needs going into this draft. They could go edge rusher. They could go offensive lineman. They could go wide receiver with that first round pick. Where do you see them going? Do you see them standing pat and going it's- no line? I, I Quentin Nelson's got to be Quentin it. Nelson. And, Quentin, and Quentin Nelson is the only only O lineman. I think they would go with it. And um, they talk about him as a. Either. They're talking about Quentin Nelson as that can't miss O line product, and it's so dangerous when you label a guy as can't miss. But it seems like when they label the O lineman can't miss, that is usually the one that doesn't miss. No, like when you call a wide receiver or a D end a can't miss, sometimes those guys still miss. O lineman seems like. 
and not to this isn't this isn't a knock on the position grouping at all, but it seems like it might be the easiest group to forecast success no, I, at I, the I, next level. I think I would, especially with the interior linemen, mm-hmm. um, because you can never really tell with with tackles fully, you know, how they're going to deal with the speed until they get out there and you have actually to deal with speed see, when you're yeah. dealing with interior linemen you, you can see how strong guys are you can see how physical they are in the middle you can see how well they move their feet and you can tell a lot easier i think how they're going to translate to that next level and uh, quentin nelson he just I, I made the comparison a lot because it's an easy comparison but I, I think you're getting zach martin if you draft quentin nelson if not maybe even possibly better um, yeah. which is why i'm I'm not sure he's going to be there at eight because the Bears aren't going to be the only ones who see this. But if four quarterbacks are going in the top eight, then there's a decent chance that him or you know even a, a D back that you know was maybe like a Minka Fitzpatrick or even Derwin James who's projected to be a top five, top ten pick is still there. Um, so here, if here at the not there, I think they might trade back. Okay. Well, here at the Moose and Nudes podcast, obviously we're not Notre Dame fans. We got the Bears taken. Quentin Nelson, first round, equity of St. Brown in the second no, round. No. Well, I'm a Christian. I, I said Christian Kirk. I'll, I'll, I'll save myself a little bit there. You're going to stay Christian today. Kirk. But no, I, I, okay. think what, I think what I would most like to see them do is now that they – letting go of Josh Sitton, which I am still not 100% sure. That's that's kind of the one move this offseason that I haven't totally agree, agreed with because mm-hmm. they're not really in a situation where they got to worry about cap. It was just one more year, and he's been good, but whatever. Um, I, I do think they need to address – find a way to address needs more needs in the earlier rounds i think the way to do that is trading back from eight especially if one of those quarterbacks is still on the board so i'd like to see them trade back and grab a couple extra picks and get you know a receiver in the second round and then get another lineman in the second round because last time ryan pace did that was cody whitehair and that's worked out pretty well so i think he trusts himself to scout maybe the next level type lineman maybe not the absolute you know cream of the crop like quentin nelson or whichever tackles are projected to go up top but maybe a, a second round guard or interior guy they think can hit i i think that's might be the more realistic option than quentin nelson falling to eight yeah and if it does it does uh i just think that if it does you, i can, think you have to take him I, yeah I really the bears do. can go a lot of different directions that won't piss me off this draft and that's uh so like, naturally I guess they'll choose the one I guess that it, does exactly like they'll find a, a road less traveled and We'll get another Division Two running back that might last us hey, three years. Hey, Tariq but, Cohen uh, <laughs> looked pretty good last year, didn't he? Yeah, I'm just worried for his parents. You know, he's so small. Okay. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that's, he's, like, that's like my, my worried uh, – I don't know if he should be playing with, uh, with the 135-pounders. You know, we might have to move Tariq down for this year. <laughs> Let's move on here, Joe. You're, you're getting off the rails a little bit. I'm sorry. I went a little, a little Oak Park Youth League. You, you, you on some cold allergy medicine over there? A little bit. I, I did just uh, – Yeah? The Allegra, the Allegra D might ah, be kicking in right now. I'm hallucinating a bit. Yeah. I think by the end of this, it'll just be – by the end of this hour, it'll be a solo podcast. Well, uh, I'm hallucinating right now, but you are not hallucinating. It's playoff time, Matt, and uh, we are seeing some surprises, some things that are uh, – you know, a little bit more down the line, but uh, we're going to talk NBA playoffs here. Golden State, uh, up 2-0 now, appears to have found the switch. They look fine. No Steph, no problem. He'll be reevaluated uh, prior to Game 4, so that's later on this week, I believe Thursday. Um, you got a Tom Thibodeau coach team that appears too tired to run with the Houston Rockets. Surprise, surprise there. Uh, the too Pacers tired to run with the Rockets? They kept – it was – they had a shot with they had a shot to tie in the last seconds. What are you game, talking about? Game, game one. one or yeah. Game yeah, they just looked I don't know, they, they they didn't look like they had anyone Jimmy Butler didn't look like he could guard. Derek James Rose Harden. looked like it was two thousand ten. Or it was yeah. what was the year he tore his ACL? That's not sustainable. <laughs> eleven. Um, eleven. So, eleven so was the if Derek Rose if Derek Rose is gonna be your, your deciding factor. No, but that was their chance to go grab a game and they that's not because James Harden decided to drop forty four and just be unconscious at the end. And uh, Jimmy, no knock on Jimmy. He's one of the best defenders in the league at that position. And he still appears, to, James Harden appears to have the upper hand there. And it it is so surprising to me because, Matt, I know I've said it before on the podcast when I saw Russell earlier this season, how big and strong he was, how, how crazy these guys look in person. James Harden looks like he should be sitting in the stands watching the game. He is not physically fit. <laughs> he has like a little bit of a dad bod. He's got a little shake going on in the midsection. I don't know how he does what he does or how he's got the quickness that he does, but 
So you're giving he's me fantastic. more reason for you're giving me more reason to make him my favorite player, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like he's like he, I like he, him a lot more now. He tries just enough and goes out there and gets forty four points. That's how I made my. Yeah, I didn't make a living. Um, but that's how I made Chris my Paul, career. There you go. Chris Paul still looking overrated. I think he might just ride the the hardened wave here. Um, but uh, Houston's it's going been, as far as James Harden's going to take him. I mean, it's. I, I agree. I agree with that sentiment, and it's been it's been a really interesting first week of the playoffs. And I'm usually not that locked into, you know, NBA first round. Usually isn't that good, but there's a lot going on, and I don't think there's a bigger storyline right now than the Pacers punching the Cavs in the mouth, taking them by 18 in Game One, and I don't think that was a fluke. Indiana's another team that I got my eye on a couple got my eyes on a couple times this season and Victor Oladipo is a superstar in the making in this league. He he hasn't gotten the respect or the shine maybe that some of the younger superstars have, a Giannis, um a Carl Anthony Towns, you know these this mm-hmm. this next group of guys, but he is in that group. He absolutely is. I know he's a little bit older than those two guys, but um he's he's fantastic and he looks poised to make a push right now. That team looks poised to make a push. And I think Cleveland is going to have to really battle to get out of this first round. I agree with you 100% on Victor Oladipo. I think he's really good. I've, I've watched him in a couple of the Bulls games that they, they've played. He's been absolutely dominant. He was dominant in game one there. But I'm still not going to bet against LeBron uh, coming out mm-hmm. of the first round because I just I think he's going to. But I think what that game showed you, you said this first round is a little bit more interesting than usual. That first game kind of showed you that the East actually might be be a little bit more wide open than it's ever been that the Cavs aren't just going to sweep their way to the finals you know win and five their way to the finals they're actually going to have some tough battles and while mm-hmm. they still might get out of this first round they're not by any means a lock to get past you know Toronto or Philly probably or, or Boston. Hell, Philly after that awesome game one went and saw Dwayne Wade put up career numbers in game two there and they, they dropped game two so it, it seems like a pretty wide open east and it's the first time in literally since LeBron left Cleveland that it's been a wide open east uh, my my position on this too and it might be a little I don't want to call it conspiracy theory but just stay with me here this whole this whole situation in the first round is win-win for LeBron because if you lose in the first round you say I had no help even though it's under his own accord and his own doing that he didn't have any help but I had no help I can't win here I've given you a championship see yeah. you later I'm headed to LA if he makes it to a conference finals and loses, or even the NBA finals and loses again, it's a lot harder for him to leave. Mm-hmm. If this is a first round step out, that sets up perfectly for him to just so Joe thinks right off into the sunset. Throwing the first round? No, no, he's not throwing the first uh, round. But I think uh... in the I think in the back of his head, he knows that if this doesn't go his way, if he can't will his team to four series victories, he's got no. No one can say anything to him. I think that LeBron is in a very beneficial position to do whatever he wants after this season. As you go further down the line, it becomes harder and harder for him to do that. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I still think they probably do get out of this first round, but it, he's going to have that option, I think, because I, I do think this is the year where the Cavs finally do get knocked off by somebody because I do think the East is that good. But uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Um, it was, it was, I, I was checking the score. I wasn't watching that game. I think it was what Sunday, but I kind of had to do a double take when I saw Indiana was up by that much. And I know Cleveland mm-hmm. made the mini comeback, but in the fourth quarter, Oladipo just kind of took the game back over. Yeah. 32, I believe for Oladipo, just a great game. And, uh, to have that sort of closing power, you got a shooter out there in Bogdanovich. They're a pretty complete team too, at least to take on the Cavs and give them a run in the first round. Absolutely. Yeah, Miles Turner inside. It's the, the Cavs really don't have much of an answer for him. Uh, he, he's really good offensively and grab a lot of rebounds, and that, that's a tough matchup issue for them. Uh, Matt, let's uh, let's get a little bit more into uh, your wheelhouse here. Ooh. NHL playoffs are also taking on a life of their own. Some amazing storylines. Vegas up 3-0 on L.A. looking for a sweep. The Caps doing cap things down 0-2. Uh, the Sharks out there playing well like the Sharks do in the first round. Did you see the final score last night? 8-1. to one. Eight They to one. one on the Ducks. They're up 3-0 as well. So uh, some excitement, no doubt, going on in the NHL playoffs. I'll start by saying I, I just love seeing the Ducks just get absolutely housed. Um, ever yeah. since that, that even Western <laughs> Conference Finals in 2015, we were talking all that crap and then couldn't back yep. it up in Game 7 and laid an egg. 
I have just I never really liked them, and now I really just kind of despise them mainly because I still hold really ill will towards Ryan Kessler and, and really dislike mm-hmm. him. But it's fun to see him and that team choke just about every year, and and this year is no different. I think I saw forgot who it was one of the hockey uh, national writers I follow was covering the game last night tweeted that that was the worst performance uh, they had ever seen covering a hockey a playoff hockey game, and they've been doing it for about twenty some years. I turned it on in the third period, so it was already it was already done by then. But everything that they were talking about was coming. It was a one to one game through one, and then they come out and it's five one. I think going into the third. I, yeah, I think it was four unanswered goals in the second period. So how do you come out that flat in the second period of playoff hockey? You you don't belong to be there. That has all the makings of a four game sweep right there. No, I'm with you. The Sharks too are. They're a darn good team, and I, I know they no team and no playoff team should ever really lose eight to one. But but San Jose, you're going to have some fun out there, Joe, if they make some noise because they're a fun team to watch, and hopefully you'd get to go cover them once or twice. But Brent, yeah, Burn, Brent Burns is, I know he's a defenseman. He's one of the few defensemen in the NHL that is legitimately capable of taking over a game by himself. Like you mm-hmm. see forwards do that a lot. You've seen Patrick Kane do it. You've seen uh, you know Jonathan Taves do it throughout the years. You see Steven Stamkos or people like that in Tampa do it. Brent Burns is an offensively capable defenseman where he is able to absolutely just take control of a game from the blue line. It's 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 stuff you haven't really seen since you know Drew Doughty's done it sometimes. Eric Carlson, Ottawa, but like Duncan Keith when he would do it on the national stage in 2015 was probably the last time you, you've seen a defenseman really just take over the playoffs like Brent Burns yeah. has. Burns has that ability, and for as much talent as he has. Evander Kane always seemed to be playing against himself, was never in the right situation for some seems, reason. Seems the, to have found his, uh, the situation, the alchemy, the locker room that he's in there, he seems to be as level-headed as ever. Uh, last, I think it was game two. Yeah, it was game two. They were trying him. They were trying him. He was getting – they even showed a couple of replays of him getting slashed and just skating off. He, they're trying to instigate him because they know how hot he runs under the collar, mm-hmm. and he seems to have just found – Found peace in goal scoring, so he and he continues to do so. Hey, that's kind of been that's been the Ducks' mo. That's kind of how they've had their success, and that's how they've always ended up failing in, in the past. Mm-hmm. They they have their success because they're able to get to you by doing that stuff. You know, the Corey Perry's, Ryan Getzler, or uh, Ryan Kessler's of the world, but they they tend to fall off and fail once you finally are able to kind of get over that and just ignore them and then go focus on what you're supposed to do. It's why you know the, it, it's similar to why the Blues haven't really had much playoff success. They're a similar mm-hmm. team. They'll, they'll try and get underneath your skin, and they'll have success when they do. But once you finally kind of mentally get over that and learn to get past it, ignore it, just play your game, they usually tend to start failing. And that's happened to yeah. the Ducks a little bit earlier than usual this year. Uh, Matt, no matter what's going on, the favorite's still alive and playing well. Predators and uh, Lightning, I believe, both up 2-1 to one in their series. Mm-hmm. So some pivotal game fours coming up. Uh, should be should be good good hockey, fun to watch. But it's undeniable that the storyline of the season and now of the playoffs is the Vegas Knights. And I, I don't get it. I, it, I don't it get doesn't, it. it. Nobody it, does. It doesn't make it. Uh, you're, so nope. you're not seeing it. You're not I, seeing no. why this is. I, well, I, I'm seeing what they're doing on the ice, and I'm understanding how their play is succeeding. I don't mm-hmm. understand how they are playing that way. I like I have watched a lot of the people who were on their team play hockey, you know, years before this and they were a lot of scrubs, not quite scrubs, but you know, underappreciated players who, who didn't really have much of roles on other teams. And you got a guy in William Carlson who scored six goals last year with Columbus, scored forty one this year. I mean yeah, that's the, just... the, the speed that they're able to play with, I, I wasn't I don't think anybody saw it coming. The the back end that they have, there's really no big name on their blue line that's all that great. It's They're just playing like a team, and quite honestly, they're playing like a team with their chip on their shoulder like they're a bunch of rejects because that's what they are. They're, they're a group but, of rejects that were told they, didn't be, that, you know, they weren't wanted. Their, their head coach is the same way. He was fired pretty unjustly by Florida for, for really no reason, uh, and he's got those guys believing in themselves. And the one thing you can't deny is they play with a ton of speed, and that can give any team problems. And usually that whole uh, nobody wanted us storyline can carry a month or two, but we're here in April. It's it's more than that now. What what doesn't hurt is that they have now a, a three. T- I know he's only been the starter for one of them, but 
a three-time Stanley Cup champion in between the pipes. Uh, Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury is fantastic. He's playing as good a hockey as he's played in his career. Uh, I, I know he was only the starter for, that. I think, that first one in 09, but he played some pretty big games for him down the stretch in the last two years mm-hmm. of the playoffs. And, and that, that, that can carry you. That is that they don't have much Stanley Cup playoff experience, but they do have that experience. Uh, and they have the best home ice advantage in hockey right now, and I'm not terribly sure it's close. Yeah, that that crowd, that atmosphere in Game One. It, I've been to a bunch of Blackhawks playoff games. I was at the game with it. You know, they they clinched in 2015 to won the cup. That that release from TV, that Vegas Game One playoff atmosphere to start that game was something unlike anything I think I've ever seen. And we sat here maybe not a year ago, but some months ago, and talked about how this is going to be Phoenix Junior. It's going to be an away game every night. Yeah, uh, opposing opposing teams are going to fill that stadium and. Nope. I guess people. I guess people live in Las Vegas. That's uh, apparently that's people do. Apparently, Las Vegas exists outside the strip. Outside of the strip, uh, yeah. There, yeah, there so. are indeed people and families who live outside the strip in Las Vegas. I'm told Henderson is beautiful this time of year. Who knew? Um, but they're they're but, a fun team to watch, and they're they're on the verge of, of sweeping LA, which I I'll, I'm the first to admit. I think I told you, and and I know I told a buddy of mine from work. You know the Kings were slight underdogs going into this series, and I said, "Yeah, that's that's a great value pick." I think they're the you know team that's been there before, and I, I think they know how to win and come playoff time. Mm-hmm. And they're just they're kind of getting housed. You think <laughs> uh, you think the Kings survive tonight? Think they steal one? Um, you know, I think they do because that team is so proud, and and the way they play, they, they're still full of a bunch of guys who you know, Andrew Kopitar, Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick, who, who have been there before. They're playing in front of their home mm-hmm. fans. I do think they find a way to get it back to Vegas, but I mean, if if things keep going the way they are, they they have Vegas on the ropes in game one or game three there, and they just kind of let it slip. It was kind of one thing went wrong, and it just t- started to spiral out of control. So one thing goes wrong, who knows? Yeah, it uh, it has been fun, no doubt, and we still got couple months left of it it's playoff time where you could just turn on the tv and there's always going to be a game with a lot riding on the line um and i, I just love that time of year it's, it's good stuff no uh, no, team, very, no team carries and plays with momentum i think better than vegas if they, i know every team when they have the momentum is flying around but i've never seen a team use that momentum more to their advantage and take advantage of it than vegas has so far big time first big years. time momentum guys huge yeah, momentum guys it. Love it. <laughs> well, uh, if building momentum early in the baseball season is worth anything, both of these clubs in Chicago doing a poor job of it. The Cubs and the Sox both limping out of the gate here. Cubs dealing with some injuries. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is set to come back uh, whenever they play. I believe today's game has already been postponed. Yesterday, um, was I believe postponed. I read I think today. Yesterday, right. pardon me. Yeah, yesterday was yesterday postponed. Was postponed. It's nice here, Joe. If they, if they can't get one in, today, ah, they're, they're not going to get, get one in the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, you guys are in that Chicago where it's like the Chicago season where it's like oh, yeah, it's snowed yesterday. one day 70, the next 31 day 70. You got to love spring in Chicago, right? No, I, I don't. I was supposed you to. I, I had plans to golf on Sunday. Mm. Uh, you mean me and a couple, uh, two weeks or a week ago said, oh, Sunday's supposed to be nice. We can play some golf. And then Sunday came and it, it snowed. So we didn't. Even on. Golf. Even on non-golf weeks where we're not talking golf on the pod, we get still golf figure in out there. a way to get it in we there. We get Joe. golf in there. If you're ever playing golf in the Napa Valley region in wine country, that's relevant to, to this group. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to suggest a course, the Chardonnay Golf Club. Now, Matt, that's uh, my dad, uh, pa- Papa Moose. Papa Moose was in town. This, Papa this Moose past strikes week. me as he doesn't strike me as a Chardonnay guy, though. I, I no, 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 neither of us. Red we're, type guy. He's a bold red guy. He's a Pinot Noir. Um, mm. uh, if we're going white, we're Pinot Grigio people. Um, mm. Love that but, Pinot. Uh, right? Pinot. Not Pinot. Well, Pino. You, said, you said Pinot. Did I say Pinot? You said Pinot. That's a, that's a, that's a yeah. Mexican Pinot Grigio. Gotcha. Pinot Grigio. Pinot gotcha. Grigio. It's the um, Enye. It's the tilde. Exactly. you got to be <laughs> beware of the Enye. Uh, but uh, this course was what we dubbed Vino Links. It's Vino Link style because only a couple trees out there on the course, a lot of different types of hazards, but out of bounds is all vineyard ground, legitimate vineyards can where they're play, growing grapes. Can you grapes. play out of the vineyard? You cannot play from the vineyard. It is OB. It is private property. So you had like your fairway, you had your second cut, some wild rough, and then and then vineyard. So See, I'd be in some trouble. Yeah, we only we lost a couple into the vineyards. We, we donated a couple. So if you're, uh, if you're drinking any Chardonnays a couple of years from now, it, it could be a... Uh, 
a Musso Titleist vintage is all that you, you, you get. You need get a hint of, of Titleist in that. Yeah, you, in that get, a, get a hint of NXT tour. Um, so, but it was it was great golf. It was great golf nonetheless. But uh, did we did we segue here to Cub Sox? I don't know how we got yeah, off. Yeah, so we we did golf and then, excursions, and then, uh, and then you just you just found. Then I said I happened. wanted to play golf. Ah uh, yes, because we were talking and about the weather. Like, oh, okay. I live in California, so mm. I play golf. Wait, wait, we we traced our steps there. We we nice. traced our steps. We left um, our but the uh, the White Sox taking on Oakland, I believe, it was an eight to one loss yesterday. It was. Um, I stayed up for it. Had the under. I don't know why you did that, but because it was, <laughs> was, was going to hit, and then the stop eighth betting, scored three. In first the of all, stop betting on baseball, especially the unders. Braves um, scored three in the eighth, and that screwed me. But the Cubbies, Sorry. again, not having the start that they would hope. Uh, I joked uh, with, with some buddies, some Cubs fan buddies, that it's still the World Series hangover, you know, still a hangover. They haven't been able to recover yet. It's it's a weird start for them. I know they're without Rizzo and all that, but that lineup is still so talented where being without yeah. Anthony Rizzo shouldn't be that big of an issue. I mean, it, it, maybe that Braves comeback on Saturday is kind of the, the, you know, the turning point which kind of gets them going, gets them clicking. It'll be interesting to see how they come out and play St. Louis now, but that team just strikes out a lot. Mm-hmm. And when you're have when, when you struggling with runners in position, obviously the last thing you want to do is strike out. The more balls you get in play, obviously the more chance you have it, you know, falls for a hit, whatever gets through. And, and when you have a team that strikes out that much, you're, you're not going to hit that well with runs in scoring position because you're not going to give yourself those chances. They need to figure out a way to limit those strikeouts, and I'm not really sure how to do that right now. I, I think one way is to stop hitting Ian Happ at the top of the order playing center field. I think Albert mm-hmm. Almora is the easy choice to do that. I think he went three for five in his first game up there a couple couple games ago and then hit a homer on Saturday. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the first step you take here uh, to get that yeah. lineup back on track. Yeah, they uh, they definitely have the firepower. You see Javi going out there and having multiple home run games, but that also does breed. But he's those also hitting, that like you're he's also about. hitting one ninety. So like yeah. while, while Javi is Javi Bai is one of the most exciting baseball players in the majors today. He has as much pop, I think, as anybody. He can hit the ball as far as anybody, but he's also incredibly inconsistent. He chases and that, a lot and he strikes that's out. That's not a lot. new. No, that's it's not it's new. not new. But that, it, like, that was the book stuff on him like coming that in. Tends to get, I, I feel like, overlooked because of how yeah. exciting he is, and he is. I love watching him play baseball. But there's a lot of O for four with three Ks in there. There's a lot of O for five mm-hmm. with you know three Ks in there, and that's, I mean, that's part of the problem. That he's he's talented enough where that shouldn't be that big of an you know that shouldn't be a, a regular occurrence for him. One ninety yeah. from Javi Bias throughout the year. It's not going to end that way, but that's not going to cut it. And that's what this well, streak is showing you. Uh, the the one positive to take away plenty of time plenty of baseball to be played and the uh, NL Central at least right now I'm just looking at um, just looking at it right now I think it, the it's not have a couple game lead in there which yeah, everybody it, saw I, coming right no I I just don't think it's I don't think it was what it was for the last maybe two three years so it might be a little easier for uh, and last year the Cubs put themselves in the position to have to play from behind and catch the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you don't want to have to be doing that again. But if they are a few games behind, come the All Star break, I don't think it's going to be as as steep of a hill to climb for them to get where they need to be. No, and I, I don't think they're going to the All Star break under five hundred either, like they did last yeah. year. And I, I don't think they're going to dig themselves that deep of a hole. I, I, they might not be in first come the All Star break if they're playing this way, but. Again, they're going to be in the playoffs, and if they're not, I will be absolutely, totally shocked. They'll be there. They'll figure it out. They'll get it clicking, and once you're in, I mean, anybody has a chance. I think that bullpen, um, though, has kind of been the surprise. The the concern at the beginning of the year was the bullpen, and the starters are going to be solid. Well, the starters have not been all that good. I know Darvish, his ERA is up in the fives. His stuff has looked bad. He's just kind of had the big innings been his issue. Lester's been kind of inconsistent. Hendricks has his struggle with location a little bit. Tyler Chatwood hasn't been all that good, but that bullpen's kind of been the shutdown. So that that's something to keep an eye on. These starters early on, I know it's early, weather's not great, but they, they haven't necessarily lived up to their best rotation in baseball, quote-unquote, you know, mark yet. Yeah, uh, a lot to left to be desired for Cubs fans. Uh, Matt, we desire a grievance. Ooh, I got one. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. 
so now that the, the season is over, the Blackhawks are done. Of course, Joe, by the way, I'm going to go with hockey. Because that's what I go at it. Uh, with, <laughs> with my grievances. Um, the, the hindsight police are out here in Chicago. Obviously, Joe, you don't live here anymore. You, you're not as in tune with the Chicago media as you once were. But on social media, uh, articles, Twitter, all that stuff, people are just ripping on Stan Bowman that, you know, trading Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad in the offseason. Now that it's been done and we saw what happened this year, was you know the worst move in the world and it's a fireable offense and i'm kind of here to just try to calm everybody down a little bit obviously if you gave me that option right now you said i can go back and hit the reset button sure i I would do that artemi panarin's a fantastic player brandon sod didn't live up to the billing but at the same time brandon sod still fits very much what the blackhawks want to do going forward he's not the offensive producer that Artemi Panarin is, but he's much more of a Marion Hossa type player that plays a two-way game, which you need in that system, which you need alongside Jonathan Taves on that first line. And he had a historically unlucky year this year. That's It's not going to happen again. It, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if it absolutely happened again. And the, some of the younger guys the Hawks have coming up, like Alex Dabrinkit, they have guys who do what Panarin – play the way Panarin does while they might not produce at the point per game level Artemi Panarin does. Alex Dabrinkit went out and scored, you know, 30 some or close to 30 goals this year. And I think he's only getting better. They have a lot more of that speed skill game in their system already. And I think going out and getting Brandon Saad still addressed the need they had up front and losing Marion Hosa. So I, I just want to, it bothers me when people in hindsight come out and start ripping the trade when at the time they were the same ones praising it, saying how good they were going to be. And when Artemi Panarin, after next season signs a, a six-year, you know, 60 or $55 million extension is getting paid $9 million a year. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of those same Hawks fans say, oh, well, it's good we don't have him anymore. We couldn't afford that. Well, you're absolutely right. The Hawks could, still couldn't afford to pay Artemi Panarin. You can't have three $10 million players on your team. And I think still what they're doing is much more friendly to building that depth they need throughout the roster. So right now, if you gave me the option, yeah, obviously I'd like to have Artemi Panarin, but at the same time, Artemi Panarin on this team would not have made the playoffs. You saw what happened defensively, goaltending. And I know this is just another Blackhawks postmortem, Joe, but I saw these these tweets, these people writing, you know, stories yeah. and stuff. Stop. Just stop it. You're the same people who Ooh. at the time were praising the trade. Don't Matt calls for silence. I, I don't don't come in here with that, Joe, because I will I will verbally, you know, win the win the debate. It's it's the breakup paradox, Matt. You never want to see the X go do well, do better than you. As much as you might say it, like, oh, I hope the best for our Temi Panarin. You don't want to feel how we feel right now. You don't want to be watching the playoffs, watching an ex-player do well. It just doesn't, it never sits well. Part of it too is he's like, he's a likable guy. Like it's, it's not Mm. like he was, you know, a a bad, a bad dude, bad teammate here. He was a good teammate. People liked him. It just, it probably wasn't the right fit at the time with what you know the money he's he was going to be due with the hawks cap situation what they want to do and it just it's it's one of those things that i i hope he does well but at the same time yeah i I, i'm a little bit upset that brandon Saad didn't have that year i never expected him to outscore artemi panarin this year but i also expected more than 35 points so Mm -hmm. uh but, but that said, it's it's way too early to be hitting the panic button on a 25-year-old left winger who, you know, at, at age 22 in 2015 was one of your three best forwards and part of the best line in hockey. So let's just let's take a step back. He's 25. We, we still got a lot of time here, Joe. Yeah. That's it. And uh, that's, a, that's a fantastic grievance. Thank, Thank you. you for taking us. Thank you for taking us back to the, the hockey realm where I know most of your angst lives. So I'm it glad does. We a lot do of that. it does. And I need to just, you know, sometimes I, I, <laughs> I got to uh, vent somewhere, Joe. Yeah, we could be that. We could be that outlet for you, Matt. Thank you. Here at the Most Endurance Podcast, uh, let's jump in a little buy or sell. Uh, let's do it. All right, Matt. I'll start us off here. A buy or sell with his retirement coming yesterday. James Harrison is a Hall of Famer in the National Football League. Uh, the The resume looks like it, um, but he's bounced around late in his career. Uh, faded a little bit, had a, a, a slight comeback. It wasn't necessarily riding off into the sunset. Buy or sell James Harrison gets a bust down in Canton. I think he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know he hasn't had the greatest kind of second stint or whatever you want to call it to his career here, but he was so incredibly dominant for that stint in Pittsburgh, and he kind of has that moment in uh, in the Super Bowl where he had that you know 99-yard pick six and all that. He, he seems to check most of the boxes, and for me, at least, when I'm I'm judging who I think should be a Hall of Famer, it's just kind of whenever you say that name, it, it, I, I just 
if you if it pops in your head and you think Hall of like I, I think Hall of Fame when I think James Harrison. It seems like they call, a that, the, they call it the brain test. That's, 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 that's I, the brain, I don't know. I don't like it's it, the brain it test. Immediately, yeah. like I didn't have to think about it. Like I thought, like he should be like so that for for me, I, I know it's I'm not making much sense there, but it's that one wasn't really one I had to think about because you just kind of put me on the spot with that question. Didn't preview it for me there, Joe, which I don't appreciate, but that's, that's okay. Right. Keep Good it, at answering keep on spry. the spot. You, right spry. when you asked the question, you know, yes was was pretty quickly the first thing that popped in my head. So I'm going to go with my gut there. I do think he's a Hall of Famer. He was so dominant for a good amount of time. Yeah, I agree with you too. He's got he's got the statistics. He's got the moment in in the Super Bowl. I think I think the the total package adds up. Plus all those workout there, videos so. on Twitter. And you know, he, there's a, <laughs> there was a mystique. There was a mystique around him in in a league where everybody could strike fear into the heart of a normal human being. He struck fear into the, pe- the hearts of people who struck fear. You know, he was mm-hmm. just scary dude, Debo. Like, people knew of him not to mess with James Harrison uh, on the field, off the field, in the weight room. Just a bad, bad dude. And uh, I think that's a dying breed in, mm-hmm. in the NFL. And uh, I think he'll be remembered fondly. I, I'm with you, Joe. Let's move on here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the NBA, if that's okay with you. Let's, um, let's hoop it. Buy or sell Kawhi Leonard's next contract, he is not playing with the Spurs. So I, I don't want to say next contract isn't with the Spurs because obviously there could be you know a sign-and-trade type thing so he gets the Supermax, but buy or sell, he's not playing with the Spurs come 2019. Um, I'm selling it. I think that he stays with the Spurs. Um, it's obviously a fractured relationship right now. Everything I'm hearing is that it's a very Reggie Rose situation. Kawhi's uncle is uh, running the show over there. And that's the main reason why he's sitting on the bench in the playoffs with no injury. He's been cleared to play. Um, It's a tough situation. And I think a a lot of it will uh, determine, a lot of it will fall upon where Greg Popovich stands in this situation. Obviously, Pop wants him on the court. He needs that tool. He needs to play with him. And and, and mum's the word right now from Pop on the whole thing. He's not talking about it. But if this is a situation where him and Pop are rubbing heads. Pop stays, Kawhi goes. Pop's yep. at the tail end of his career. Pop's not going to have his last year, last couple years, be on this note. He's not going to get forced out by uh, by Kawhi. So if it's a situation where egos flare and it's a, it's me or it's Kawhi, I think Greg Popovich stays in, in San Antonio and Kawhi leaves. But if it's not that situation, I think that peace can be kept, peace can be made, and, and that Kawhi can sign a long-term contract, that Supermax deal, because not that many teams are going to have room enough to sign a Supermax deal that Kawhi is going to demand. You know what team's going to have room to sign that deal? Oh, the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago uh, Bulls will have that room do to we sign really, that deal. Do we trip. really want another athlete in Chicago that's reluctant to play after being cleared from injury? We've had Derrick Rose. We've yeah, had Jay but, Cutler. We don't need another one. But Jay, what are you talking about Jay Cutler? Why are you bringing Jay Cutler into this? I'm bringing up the, the Why are you bringing NFC Jay Cutler? He wasn't I'm bringing up the NFC Championship. He had a torn MCL. Get out there! He just get out there! You are so, you can't no, even I know. No, 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 no. You couldn't even I, finish I, I've, 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 I've supported. I've supported Jay. Don't, don't give me that. Crap. I've supported. You can't I supported play Jay. Torn MCL. I, I supported Jay through through that whole thing that you. you know he knows his body. He wants to be out of there. I was using him for the. Um, well, you riled up my for the, of, for the sake of this argument. He supported this argument in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but I, I think I, I'm. I struggle to find a way that they won't work something out in San Antonio unless Kawhi is just dead set on not being there. Uh, he's he's mm-hmm. that good of a player. And the thing you said, like, Pop's kind of, he's not saying anything in the media, but he's kind of saying stuff. Like, he's not answering the questions, but his answers, yeah. like, all those questions have been like, well, you should talk to his people. Mm-hmm. So he, he's kind of taking subtle shots at Kawhi through the media, but I, I, I'm with you. I think they have to figure out a way. Kawhi's just that good of a player. Yeah, I, I don't think you let a player like that walk because it could be the this even though they're in the playoffs for the what is it, I believe the twenty first straight season the San Antonio Spurs are very much in flux right now it's mm-hmm. never been it's never been as unsure as right now in San Antonio and to let your franchise player future of the franchise walk because you couldn't come to terms well that could be the end of you that could yeah. be you could be setting yourself up for the better part of a decade of futility. And uh, as a fan base, as someone who, who cheers for for teams that have gone through that, it's it's no fun. So hey, speak, Speaking of basketball, before we move on to this next question, 
which mm-hmm. I actually think is basketball related. But <laughs> how, how, how is the how's the city of Sacramento handling it out there? The huge, how's the, the city huge, of Sacramento handling the huge, bas- the huge alley you guys suffered to Chicago last week? Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a tough yeah. coin flip in your there. face, Joe. You guys uh, are playing was, golf right now, but we got the better odds to get the number one pick yeah. in your face. It doesn't even it doesn't even shake down to getting the better pick in the yeah. NBA, which is the best. You got one. the better but, uh, odds to get the better. You got a couple so more. Ping, you got a couple more ping pong balls, um, and I just don't. I think that uh, in a in a league where it's totally best available, it's almost. You just wait. You wait and see. You wait and see where yeah. you're going to end up. You wait and see who they're going to draft. It's not as like, oh, we need to fill the point guard role. Obviously, that's not the case. They need to go bigger, the Kings. Mm-hmm. Their backcourt looks pretty solid. It looks like one of the things that you can take away from this season is that Buddy Heald, uh, par- pardon me, um, De'Aaron Fox, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Buddy Heald coming off the bench is a really strong backcourt. They need to go three through five. But, um, yeah, I-, I don't think there's been much ire in terms of the coin flip. Yeah, well, in your face. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, well, Matt, we're going to keep it on the hardwood <laughs> somewhat. Uh, we're going to get a little messy here. We're going to get a little messy here. Buy or sell the Cavs sitting Tristan Thompson for reasons other than his play. Well, you know if there's one thing. I'm going to pull up the actual statistic here. You know if there's one thing I'm an expert at, Joe, it's it's pop culture culture issues. It's uh, off-court, uh, off-court slash, baby mama issues. Slash fashion. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would guess I would sell it because I don't, I don't think that that should matter, uh, in the playoffs when maybe, or maybe it was like, Hey, we're just going to do this for game one. Like it was a suspension Yo, he got, without an he got booed. He got booed by the home crowd when they brought him in. Why? With who, good reason. Who, With good reason. Joe, I am very, so I, I it's don't a mean, mess. I don't want to come off as insensitive here. Um, but like, if I was a Cavs fan and I thought Tristan Thompson had a better chance of making my team better, you know, uh, that made my team gave my team a better chance to win, um, I'd be able to separate the personal, you know, the, who he is as a person versus what he can mm-hmm. do on the basketball court. I'd have no problem rooting for him on the basketball court in those, you know, forty-eight minutes, and then afterwards I can go back to disliking him for who he is as a person. Sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half million dollars this year. He Must played nice. two minutes in game one. Do the math. How many millions is he getting per minute? That's eight point seven five. That's we're going eight two because it's sixteen point four. Whatever. Eight two. Enough. Yeah. So that's uh, it's good work if you can get it. How much but, per uh, second? I'm not. No, don't make me do that. Yeah, math is hard. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're, you're saying Kawhi needs to be out there on the court. I agree with you. Tristan, um, get him out. Just Tristan, pardon me. That's, Especially that's like I told you earlier, matchup issues down low with Miles Turner. Yeah. Boom. And um, I'm smart. Just just a shame what's going on in his life. But uh, hey, there's I a mean, lot of people who gotta go gotta go to work on a daily basis. Joe, and do don't, what they don't do. I, I don't want to get too pop culture ish here, but like, don't you think it's just a little bit too convenient that their names all got brought up in the news right before another one of the Kardashians is about to have a kid, and it's something seems to happen right before everyone about that is about to have a kid? It's all staged, Joe. Their lives, are ah. prof- their lives are professional wrestling, and while it is entertainment, and you want to, tu- you, some people might want to tune in and watch. It is scripted. It, all of their, their their personal lives, that family, it, everything going on there. They, it, it's part I don't of know. I, I think I definitely think I definitely think a lot of it is. It's but I think all this part is of just, a plan, Joe. No, I think this is just a twenty six year old NBA player being the dog that he is. And Here's guess what: if it's his. not part of the plan, then he won't be around that family for much longer. Yeah, I'm not saying that this was planned. Okay, but did did Chris Jenner did Chris Joe, Jenner Joe, like Joe, a, okay. a little fist pump when this happened? Maybe yes, I think two, so. Two seasons worth of content. Out I think of it, so. But. Um, it's an unfortunate situation for all involved. That's there you go. Legal there, disclaimer. There, there's your, can there's I get your, that out there? There's can your I get that quick, out there? There's your one quick thought. Now that now we can move on to a different bio. <laughs> right, I can't Matt, believe we me. talked about that for that long. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm going back to episode 50 type content here, Joe. When, you, when you asked me about the the food, the stadium food. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to play that game with you, and then okay. that'll segue into a buy or sell question. Um, by, uh, is 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 a bowl of grasshoppers a a stadium food or not? Well, the the seems um, it is. It seems it like an obvious. Okay, okay. Seattle. It's not the first year they've done this, but they they're making. It seems to come out right about every time this year becomes a story. 
Uh, that's mm-hmm. maybe a way to get people talking about the Mariners. I don't know. Um, they sell grasshoppers at their concession stands. So, Joe, buy Delicious. or sell, you would ever eat grasshoppers at a baseball game, or, or grasshoppers in general, but grasshoppers at a baseball game. Buy or sell, I mean, grasshoppers at a baseball game. You seem like you'd be the guy who they, like might buy into that to be like, I'm kind of different. I can get this trending. The cool people are doing it. Is that that was a meat? I'm kind of different. I'm yes. gonna get. That's how I. That's okay. how I come off. I can see. Right. I can see you eating a bowl of grasshoppers and a cardigan, a white V-neck, some ripped jeans, some no. Jordans. I'm not gonna dress like out that with to a your, baseball game. Your, um, your your sunglasses and a bowl of grasshoppers. I see you're still a little bit miffed about my Instagram post. No, so. I just honestly, I just I think tried you need to. to I tried to come up with a way to, to over exaggerate, and I just think you need to pray on that a little bit. I do. Um, I'm selling eating grasshoppers at a baseball game because, as we've said, I am a simple food guy at the at, at sporting events. Give me a brat, give me uh, give me a couple beers. We're good to go. Um, if someone bought a bowl of grasshoppers at a baseball game, would I be mad at them? Yes, but would I be there like, oh, guys, let's try one, let's try one? Would I take a bite of a grasshopper? Probably. It's like I don't know. I'm good. Whatever. I'm good. It's, I mean, I'm not going to seek out the grasshopper, but. Um, if we're doing it, if everyone's doing it, it's so basically in. exactly what I said would happen. You would be in. You'd no, be you like said a, I'd be. You said I'd be leading the charge. Okay, well, that, so, so you're a follower, not a leader. I'm a follower in in all insect consumption situations. I'm also a follower. It's 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 a lot less stressful that way. <laughs> Goodness. Um, all right, Matt. Well, that's buy or sell. Uh, ending on a uh, inconspicuous uh, note there. Uh, pardon me, a bit of a conspicuous note. That was interesting. Um, we, uh, you got anything else for the people before I shut us down? Uh, I don't. Uh, we're great. we're working on uh, a guest next week that we're hoping mm-hmm. comes through. Uh, I think either way, we'll likely have someone on next week talking with us. Um, real big, real big. big, big name. Never ever probably could have imagined that we could book it, but well, real oh, big, look at real us. big Moose and Ruins tease here. Yeah, uh, for a possible interview, possible interview coming up next week here Joe, on the Moose and Ruins podcast episode you, fifty three. You getting you getting out to see the White Sox at all out there? They're they're in they're in your neck of the woods. They're in Oakland right now. Um, I have the off day, and I just really don't want to spend my off day at the Oakland Coliseum. That's see how far not, it's it's what an hour ten out there for you? It's to get to get to the Coliseum. It's probably an hour. From okay, my, see, from my place because it's it's different I'm, if it's you know a fifteen minute whatever ride and you just get, yeah you know, no, go no, there, there. Up, but there. if it's yeah. an hour that's that, that's that's your whole night that's and an hour there, hour getting, back you get a, it's a whole getting thing. out there and it's more like an hour twenty hour and a half to get all the way into San Francisco to AT and T Park mm-hmm. and that is a park that I'll make the drive for on any given day and yeah. I know I think I lamented free over tickets it, tonight uh, at the Coliseum here on job. the podcast free tickets at the Coliseum that changes nothing so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. would, <laughs> would would for five but, bucks but what is twice. what is exciting is that i will have them on nbc sports net bay area out here so uh, we say, will be able to get to watch them on the tv we will be able to watch some white Sox baseball tonight so uh i don't know I if you caught I'll, them last night joe uh, even though they got uh they got steamrolled a little bit there i caught the first inning i watched the first thing reynaldo lopez if you get the chance again to, to give to watch him on the mound he is fun to watch that yeah. dude has some ace type stuff, and he's hopefully going to project to be kind of their two or three when they get good. But he mm-hmm. has some absolute ace type stuff, and he made some. I know Oakland doesn't have the greatest lineup, but he made them look kind of silly last night at, at some moments. Reynaldo, gonna have to get my eyes on him. Mm-hmm. All right, go man. ahead, well, shut us you, down, uh, Joe. I've, I've thank you for no. You, I asked if you had anything else for the people. Reynaldo Lopez is what you had, so I appreciate. appreciate well, you don't your, get to watch a lot of White Sox baseball. I was trying to keep I, you now keep I, you posted. Thank you, sir. I know what to keep yeah. my eyes on now. Uh, why don't you hit the music? I'll shut us down. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. All right, this shutdown comes, uh, I believe, about about 10 days in the making here. And uh, I know I've gone to bat for the Chicago Bears alternate jersey before saying that it is my favorite saying that it is even better i believe you could find this you could uh, corroborate this i don't from want a tweet to last it's season. definitely been said the the alternate jersey is the bears best jersey that they have the the block numbered orange numbers with the dark navy jersey the plain helmets i'd like to see them wear it with the normal helmet but i digress next season they are exchanging that alternate for the Easter egg orange alternate that the Bears have hardly ever won a football game in. And I just, 
don't like the orange jersey. I don't like the way they play in the orange jersey. I don't like that we're going to have to see it at least two, three times next season. Uh, I'm very unhappy about it. I know this is more of a grievance than it is a shutdown, but uh, today I had shutdown, so I'm airing my grievance throughout this. Um, it's just it's, it's just a shame to see it's it's a shame to see uh, such a classic alternate go the way of uh, of an orange one that always seems to be a bit overdone. Uh, the color rush jerseys are on the way out, so maybe if they would have kept the color rush, that would have been a way to get it in. But uh, we're going back to the orange jerseys, and I'm very unhappy about it. I can't say I disagree with you there, Joe. I, I was a big fan of the the, the alternate throwbacks that they wore. Um, I, yeah. I think I even might agree with you that I think those are their favorite uniforms. Um, I don't I don't dislike the orange as much as you do. I think you know it was cool to do. I, I think they usually timed it up so it was like their last game before Halloween, which is mm-hmm. I think you know kind of cool. Whatever you wear orange for, but I, I'm, I'm with you. If, if they're losing the other ones in favor of these. I very much disagree with that. Maybe it's just a, a ploy to sell some more jerseys, each, you know, change up the alternates every year, but every couple of years. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to miss those. I, I thought those block orange numbers with the. I even like the uh, the plain helmet. I didn't need the C on there. I thought that was a really cool look. Yeah. So uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. to the to the to the sharp alternates. Uh, you will be remembered for how awful we played in you as well. Now I think there were some good wins in those jerseys. We'll, we'll just. We'll just paint it with a broad brush here and the say we one, play better. The in, one game in, I distinctly remember from that was I think they beat like the 49ers. Uh, it, was, it was back when it was Nate Vasher had like a hundred and some yard yes. uh, return. And I also believe <laughs> when, that was the game where like the wind was like blowing like 50 crazy, miles an hour. Yeah, so I forget who the Giants kicker was. That was or that the, the Niners where, kicker was, but he kicked one like it was like 35 yard field goal. He oh, it went it straight it went left on, or whatever. Went, it took yeah. you straight to the right. And I think he missed like a 35 yard field goal by about 20 yards. It was hilarious. And now the 49ers kicker is Robbie Gould. We come full circle with our despair here, <laughs> And Matt, that's a way to end On the Moose and Runes podcast. podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode, episode 52 of the Moose and Runes podcast. As always, if you have not already, go subscribe on iTunes. Go like us on SoundCloud. We are also on Google Play, correct, Matt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Oh, We're yeah. on Google Play now for those of you on Android devices or for those of you that do not have... <laughs> Uh, iTunes. Wherever you can find us, thank you for finding us. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys as always. Keep on listening to the Moose and Runes podcast and we'll keep bringing it your way. For Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso. Have a great week, friends. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.